And the shitty part about that I know for myself is I start to get guarded around her when I'm thinking of her in that way. I close up. I'm less vulnerable. I protect myself, more distancing, because I feel I'm going to get hurt. Welcome, everybody, to the podcast, Relationships. Let's talk about it. I'm Prebo Toplitsky. I'm a psychotherapist specializing in relationship issues. Everybody's got one. Partners, family, friends, co-workers, neighbors, relationships. Let's talk about it. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Relationships. Let's talk about it. It's just me. I'm doing a solo cast today. And I want to dive into a bit about negativity in relationships. You know, negative state of minds, negative biases. But we're not going to get negative and feeling negative about the negative. We're going to just explore it. Because we got to be aware of what we're doing so that we can change it. But before we do that, I want to get a few things in. My appreciation practice for those of you that donated recently to my podcast, I want to give a shout out to Jackie in Colorado and Marco in Brazil. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your donations to supporting the podcast. And if you are inclined to also support the podcast, again, one way is to spread it, to share it, to get it out. That is my main objective I want people to focus and understand and study and work at their relationships. It's a spiritual path, people. So if you are inclined to donate also, and that's another way to support the podcast financially, is you can check out my website, prepo.com. Go to the podcast page and the link to support the podcast. You can leave a one-time donation or a reoccurring donation. Thank you so much. You can also check out my website to see what I'm up to, my recent coaching groups, and also private coaching. And we would love if you would give us on review if you listen on Apple Podcast and also Spotify. All right. So, yeah, I thought this was going to be an interesting and juicy topic because, man, one thing, I see it every day in my counseling sessions and around my world. And everybody has some aspect of thinking and talking negatively in your relationships and in your life. But I know there's a lot of you that don't want to hang around somebody who is marred in the negativity, that when you see them, talk with them, that's where they go. They go to the default. And that could be exhausting. And also, it can be contagious. We can go there with them and we can gnaw on that bone, you know, and just complain. And we can think of these negative things that are are happening and almost in some way become like a victim to it. Like it's hard to get out. We're just in this, this hamster wheel about it. And yet most of all, what I see, especially in my couples, is that there's a negative sentiment or a negative state of mind that they have about their partner. They're inside their partner's mind 
thinking that they know what their partner is thinking or doing. And it's usually negative. Right? You've seen it. You've been on the receiving end or you've done it yourself. And of course, some of us grew up in that kind of way. That, w- that was true, that there was experiences of all those negativity and criticisms and we anticipate it. So that's a little bit what we bring into at times into our partnerships also. But it could be distorting. It could be unhealthy negativity. It's also, of course, disconnecting. It reels into the conflict dynamic. And it also has a way to even like globally see the relationship in a negative way, that it's in danger, that it is at risk, and we start questioning the relationship. So there's a terminology that I'm going to be using throughout the podcast, and it's called negative sentiment override. And some of you may know this. It comes from Well, I don't know if it comes from, but I know it was coined by a University of Oregon professor, uh, Robert Weiss, and also John Gottman and the Gottman Institute talks about uh, negative sentiment override and also, of course, positive sentiment override, which I will, of course, talk about. But again, the terminology, we can use negative perspective, negative state of mind, negative perspective bias. It is the result of conflict and arguments that are distorting our view of our partners, where we perceive any interaction, regardless of its intention, as negative. We don't give our partner benefit of the doubt, um, and we will not attempt to even make repairs. Simply put, negative sentiment override is when you or your partner are consistently seeing the negative side of your problems in each other, despite any facts or evidence to the contrary. I'm going to give you an example about this. It used to be, like I talked about this before, my, my wife would move my cheese. You know, she would move my stuff and she would put them in the place that she thought it should go and probably the place that it, it should go. But when I would see things or look for things, I would automatically think about, man, she moved my stuff again. Like, where did she put it? What did she do with it? And after some time and years of being together, uh, we worked that out. She started respecting more and more to just leave my cheese alone. (laughs) And, um, but now there still is times that it comes to me when I'm looking for something, I'm thinking, man, what did Rainbow put this? What did she do with this? That's negative sentiment override. I'm automatically thinking something negative that may not even have happened. And you know what? 99% of the time now, it's me that has moved my shit or my cheese and that I don't even know where I put it or forgot it. It's not her. So that is an interesting I would call it in some way phenomenon that I still have at times this knee-jerk reaction to think of her in that negative way, in some way blame her inside my mind. And when I used to do that, it would get into, not only did she move my shit, but I would think she doesn't respect my shit, or she doesn't respect me, or she's more just selfish about herself that she wants things her way 
or that she's not checking in with me. And well, that's kind of true. <laughs> she really didn't check in with me. And when she started doing that, of course, a lot of things shifted on that. But doesn't that sound familiar? That you've got this, you know, I, at, at times I had this, I know my wife, my, my rainbow, and yet I also had a different perception at times in my head. And how sometimes that's a negative, it's a negative version of herself. And if I'm feeding that negative version, if I'm anticipating it, am I feeling just justice for it? When I feel victim of it, it's get larger and larger. And the shitty part about that I know for myself is I start to get guarded around her when I'm thinking of her in that way. I close up. I'm less vulnerable. I protect myself, more distancing, because I feel I'm going to get hurt in some way. And I know some people are thinking, yeah, but my partner does do that a lot. They do that a lot. They do negative things. And so that I'm justified for thinking I'm in that way. You know, I will, I will tell you that I'm not going to argue with your reality, but a lot of couples that I do see when they're in this mode, this is what they're also doing. All of a sudden, their partner might give them an appreciation, say something kind, which is a positive sentiment override. When they're doing that, sometimes a partner will say, oh, yeah, you really like about that about me, but you sure don't like that about me because you're always complaining. Boom. They switch it around. They, they don't even take what they're giving in the present moment of something positive, or maybe their partner gives them appreciation and they may think, no, that's not what you're thinking about me. You're really judging me for blah, 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 right? That's an example of partners being in the other person's um, mind in a negative way. They're anticipating, they think that they really know what that person really feels and thinks. And I know some of you are saying, well, I know, I'm a good judge of that. I, I would be really careful with that because you're not giving your partner one, the benefit of the doubt, and which is so important. When people are making attempts for even change, if there has been a pattern of more negativity and negative state of minds and back and forth, when somebody does a positive behavior, we have to start feeding that. We have to name that. We have to appreciate that. We have to encourage that. So that will encourage people to do that more. You'll get more from that. And that in turn becomes a positive sentiment override, which means now you're thinking more about your partner in a positive way, that you're thinking that they're thinking about you in a positive way, that they have good intentions about you, that if they are messing up or even if they have a bad day and they're acting like an asshole, positive sentiment override can that you can give them a little bit of the benefit of the doubt and say, you know, I know that they've been stressed out lately. They're having a hard day. You know, maybe you're not able to do that right off the bat, but hopefully you're not feeding the cycle of that negative sentiment override. The other day, my wife was having a Zoom meeting with her brother and sister and her sister in Denmark and her brother in Malaysia. And it was like 9.30 in the morning for us. 
and she was sleeping at 9.15. So I gently woke her up and said, hey, babe, it's like 9.15. And she busted out, shit, shit, I haven't had, I haven't had my breakfast yet. And I'm like, oh man, why you got to give me this energy first thing in the morning? All I did was like, wake you up. And then she was stressed and and was uh, asking me about the technology of, can we do FaceTime on your computer? Or, And I was trying to explain things to her about that. And she was short with me and coming back. And I put up a boundary and I said, hey, I am trying to help you right now. Listen to my words. This is what's going on with FaceTime or Zoom. And she went about her business, talked to her brother and sister for like two and a half hours. And as that was going on, I, instead of feeding the negative sentiment override about she's being disrespectful, she is being unkind, she's always stressed out about technology, da-da-da-da-da, I started like, hey, you know what? She is stressed. She didn't have her breakfast. She didn't have her porridge. And man, Rainbow without her porridge in the morning <laughs> can be a challenge. And so I started thinking about that and started giving her more the benefit of the doubt. She doesn't do this all the time. Can't I let her have a little bit of an outburst? And when I started doing that in my mind, I'm creating a positive sentiment override of who she is. Because all I got to think of is most of the time being with her of who she is. She is a tremendously kind and thoughtful and positive person in so many ways. You know, people think that she's always so positive, but I really think, and what she said about that is that she's more, she's uplifting and that's what she is. And I started connecting with that, how uplifting that she is for acknowledgement for people in their lives, me in my life, how she encourages people to follow what brings them joy to take risks. She's constantly um, validating people for where they are and what they're doing and what they want to do in their, in their challenges to find themselves, challenges to be happy. And what she does is when there's negativity around her, she looks for something to uplift. That is her specialty. So when I can connect with that more and more and more, I'm creating a positive sentiment override. Now I will say that caveat is around technology. <laughs> She's got a really hard time above uplifting around technology. Everybody's got something that they deal with. She freaks out with technology. She's like, shit, 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 shit. She just can't feel uh, the partnership with technology. So I just got to have compassion and give her some benefit of the doubt around that. And, you know, another way that I was thinking about how, let's say, unhealthy negativity comes into people in their relationship. My wife was telling me about a friend of hers that her friend, my wife's friend's friend, wants to move to another country. And her friend automatically looked at the obstacles and told her friend all these obstacles about her moving to another country and the potential negative aspects that she might encounter instead of encouraging. And probably because 
my wife's friend is also afraid to take risks in her life. So she's probably projecting all of that. But how many times have you either on the receiving end or you've done it yourself, automatically what I call is like poo-poo. You poo-poo somebody's uh, excitement or even not even excitement. Sometimes it could be as simple as somebody is saying a little bit of an idea that they might do, that they're thinking about doing something. And how many times have you seen, heard, or you done it yourself or, or receiving and that it got shot down, like blown holes in right away? Oh, aren't you concerned about this? Well, what if this happens? Are you prepared for that? And usually most people aren't so fully confident in, let's say, one of their decisions and they have some doubts. And that could automatically rendezvous with their own doubts and spiral into some own negative bias in their own mind instead of perhaps getting encouragement and getting validation for thinking about that or taking a risk. Because hell, it's not your life or your decision. Even when it's somebody close to us that we might in some way be influenced from their decision, why would we want to go there first? Why not explore it with them more? validate the reasons why they want to do something, ask questions, be curious, instead of automatically go to the negative. And I'm not saying don't bring up the pros and cons. We can do that. We can bring up some of the cons, but instead of going there first as default, because again, that creates a negative sentiment override, that that's what we will see um, when you think about that person's de decision or now they're thinking about what it is that they want to do with a lot of more worry that comes in. That's why in some ways there are times where when I have something incubating, uh, a dream, a project, I'm really careful of who I share it with. I don't want people to rain on my parade. I don't want them to project their fears their concerns, their failures, their worries onto me and my dreams. And at that time, usually when it's percolating, I'm not so solidified in it. I don't have a lot of resource and agency that I'm confident in it. And in the past, that has set me awry. Like I started like spinning a little bit or doubting myself when that would come in, or if I didn't get the amount of excitement that I wanted from the other person. Oh. Maybe it's not such a good idea. So I, I watch who I'm particular with, who I share my, my dreams and my projects that I know that are going to, uh, yeah, encourage the courage that I might have of trying something new, trying something different. Because in my life, I've done a lot of that in different areas. Uh, going off to Japan, uh, when I just graduated college that I majored in international business and also Japanese and I needed to, to go there and experience it myself and I didn't know anybody. And so I just went off at 21. It's a lot of people that were worried for me. <laughs> Parents and family, how are you gonna make it? Where are you gonna go? Where are you gonna stay? All this stuff. And, uh, but I knew I needed that adventure. Another time quitting my corporate job and traveling around the world and and I needed that adventure, but uh, 
I had to be careful because there are some people that were projecting their negative worries onto me and my decisions in my life. And here's kind of an interesting one to just note and name. You know, a negative sentiment override uh, can really come into a relationship when there's been a betrayal, a breach of deep trust. And it might actually be valid in some way, right? That you're thinking that your partner is doing negative things, things that are um, not healthy to your relationship. When your partner goes on to their phone, you can automatically go, who is he texting? Is he texting that, that, that person that he had that affair with? When they're talking on the phone, who are they talking to? We automatically go there. And that's conditioned out of that trauma of those negative experiences. So I'm not saying that that is so easy at all to turn around. That's usually a natural process that people start to have a huge negative sentiment override of their partner when they don't trust them, whether it's an affair or other kind of betrayals. That definitely comes in the relationship. And it takes a while with consistency and a lot of work to override that with positive sentiment overrides. When people start to reconnect after betrayal, they have to create more um, moments of connection, of repair, right? Repair is absolutely key to changing a negative sentiment override to have a positive sentiment override. Because when people, for instance, hold resentments and don't repair um, with their partner, they can usually anticipate and expect that negativity. But when they can, when they can repair, that will create more and more positive sentiment overrides. When you know that you can repair well through something challenging or something negative, like even, even if it's simple, if I go back to when my wife would move my stuff around, when we repaired that well, then that changed um, my perception. One, that I was listened to, that I was validated, that she made attempts to change. So through repair and understanding, that really feeds the part of the positive override. Another way to feed that would be bits of connection. John Gottman talks about this a lot. A bit of connecting. Whenever you you know, say something to your partner to get their attention in some way, to interact. That's a bit of connection, whether it's even a look, whether it's sharing something that you read, whether that is asking how their day is, you saying how your day is, walking by and touching them. The more couples that receive bids of connection and give bids of connection, create more positive interactions to, to each other. And as we have talked about before and in my podcast with people, and I've stated the five to one ratio that John Gottman talks about with positive, five positive interactions to every one negative interaction is what makes successful couples. And especially when you're in the realm of disagreement or conflict, to have positive interactions when you're in that realm, that's going to create more success 
and confidence in your relationship that you can move through challenging times and disconnecting times. Another one that creates positive sentiment override, Corey Costanzo and I did a podcast about allowing influence. That's a really good one. People and partners that allow influence from their partner, they take in consideration what their partner is thinking or some of their advice and opinions, they take it in because they think and know that their partner has their best interest at heart. See, that's a different focus than thinking, oh, my partner is just selfish or they're just not taking me uh, my best interest at heart. They're actually criticizing me or they don't understand me. That feeds that negative part. But when we can allow positive allowance of allowing influence from our partner, knowing that they have our good intentions at heart, that really feeds more positivity and more of the override of positivity in the relationship. And that positivity, that positive override, overrides what? The negativity. And that's kind of just the simple aspect of it, folks. You got to register and see more, be more, more aware of your interactions. Are they tipped towards the negative or are they tipped towards more of the conscious positive interactions? It's, it's kind of simple, but we are unconscious about it. We take a victim mentality about it, that it won't change. We're in the habit of it with our partners of some this conflict, this negativity, this criticism, the defensiveness, the anger, the stonewalling, the contempt. That's in a lot of relationships. You have to see how much you're in it and to consciously work to lift off of it and create new experiences that are more connecting, that are more positive, that you express it, you think about it, you think about it over and over in your mind, the positive interactions that you have with your partner. You think about it over and over in your mind, the positive aspects of who they are. Because even if they do a shitty thing, you can still put up a boundary. You can talk and put up a boundary and say that you are hurt. You're sad that they're speaking to you in a certain way that feels critical. And you can make a request for them to change it. So I'm not saying that you just ignore bad behavior, but you don't have to look for it. You don't have to anticipate it. So I'm going to say this, and it's probably just known but I'm gonna tell you some of the common signs and responses of someone in a negative sentiment override, okay? There's use, there's, there's use sarcasm, there's defensiveness, angry outbursts, um, maybe shut down, stonewalling of communication, uh, they're not listening, uh, constantly reeling off negative statements, Arguing who's right and wrong and points of difference. I would say that when there's substance abuse in there, yeah, that definitely feeds the negative sentiment override. Storming out, um, being abrupt and, and short, um, quick to jump to conclusions, of course. When there's avoidance, um, apathy, and people just feeling numb, and of course, anxiety, and depression. 
And as we all know with depression, we get into this loop of a negative sentiment override. We anticipate negativity. We can't see past it. It's a huge cloud of negativity. And I did a podcast with um, Juan Santos, and we did it on how depression affects relationships. So if you're interested in that, you can check that out. And as we all know, you know, the, that negativity bias, it, it doesn't happen overnight. <laughs> you know, negative feelings towards your partner or other people in your life, they can creep up on you as days and months and years go, go by. And your beliefs about your partner and your feelings toward your partner are shaped by the events and memories over time. And sometimes that's where I come in. <laughs> you know, it's like people all of a sudden realize where they've been over the years, that they've been in such a funk, that the slow build of negative sentiment is gradual and it's even hard to realize that it's happening. And it's interesting that there's studies that show that by average, it's six people, couples come to couples counseling an average of six years late. That's how it gradually uh, creeps up and they finally realize, holy shit, it's not working. But they didn't see and really address a lot of the things for those years before. And that's why it can be really difficult to turn it on because there's turn it, excuse me, to turn it around because there's a lot of deep-seated resentments. You know, that's why I stress so much in my work and, and in my expression of these podcasts how important fondness and admiration and appreciation is. It's just not something that I just half-heartedly feel and talk about. It's a major foundation to creating a healthy relationship. You know, when you learn something new about your partner and discuss what you like about them, you think and tell them what you appreciate about them, what you're grateful for. And you ask yourself how they are adding to your life. What do they bring in such a positive um, support and add on to your life? When you think about what positive emotions you know, come to mind when you're thinking about that. You want to resonate with those positive feelings inside yourself because that's what you want to rendezvous, not just with the thoughts of that positivity to create that positive override. You want to rendezvous with the feeling of it because when you know the feeling of it and how expansive and how good and connecting that is, that's going to be your reminder to do this hard work to do the conscious work and intentional work of creating these experiences of positive interactions in your relationship and your life. You know, my wife said something to me before I came up in the studio to record this. I always get, yes, I get a little nervous and thinking about, hmm, how am I gonna put this together? What are my thoughts? You know, I've been thinking about it for a bit, but how, how is it gonna come together? the energy that I want to give. And uh, yeah, and that's why I always like play some music beforehand and, and move my body and sing in the microphone just to get me warmed up. And 
I was thinking about do- doing that, which I did. I played a lot of songs beforehand to feel myself and my body. But when I came up, my wife said to me, you're an artist. She said, you paint with your words and feelings. That's what you do in your podcast. And it really warmed my heart. I was like, wow, yeah, I think I am an artist the way that I'm expressing my words and my feelings. And hopefully you're resonating, people that are listening, that are resonating with that. And thinking about that, my wife said that to me, the encouragement that she gave me and how she thinks of me in that way. Ah, I want to think about that. When I think about that more and more, that creates that positive sentiment override for her, for who she is in my life. Not the times that she's grumpy in the morning or she gives me a short answer or she's frustrated about something. No, I don't want to give all of that attention. I want to give more attention to what I want more in my life and actually what I have more in the relationship to create more of that in the relationship. So I think the key to marital or partner happiness, relationship happiness, is a full self-possession and internal motivation for intimate connection. You gotta really want it and do the work to make that happen. And that, of course, starts with ourselves, our relationship with ourselves. We gotta feed that self-compassion we got to feed that sense of worth and sense of love for ourselves. I know we've heard that over and over again, and I talked about it, but it is so true, folks. We've got to feel that within ourselves so that we can give it, and that also that we can see it in other people. Yeah, it's good when you can see things clearly. I, I really, really like that. <laughs> I can see clearly now the rain is gone. I can see all obstacles in my way. Gone are the dark clouds that had me blind. It's going to be a bright, bright, sunshining day. Mm, yeah. I think I can make it now the pain is gone. All of the bad feelings have disappeared. Here is the rainbow I've been praying for. Yeah, it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshining day. Yeah, folks, it's going to be a bright, bright, sunshiny day. All right, that's what I got for you. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening. And I hope you all make yourselves a absolute beautiful, beautiful, beautiful day. Relationships, Let's Talk About It, is a production of HeartShare Counseling and Consulting PC of Asheville, North Carolina. For more about licensed counselor Prebo Teplitsky, visit Prebo.com. Theme music by Adi the Monk. This content is intended for informational purposes only, is not a substitute for professional counseling or therapy, 
medical advice, diagnosis or treatment, and does not constitute medical or other professional advice.